This is episode number 467 with Google X's Mo Gaudet. Welcome to the School of Greatness. My name is Lewis Howes, a former pro athlete turned lifestyle entrepreneur. And each week we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you discover how to unlock your inner greatness. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let the class begin. Welcome, everyone. If you're looking to find out the equation to happiness, then look no further. Today, we have on Mo Gadet, who joined Google in 2007. He managed Google's business in over 50 countries and focusing on his biggest passion, emerging markets, and the vast degree of diversity and challenges they face. Now, over the years, Mo has started close to half of Google's operations worldwide. And in 2013, Mo joined Google X and is now chief business officer of that department. He's also a serial entrepreneur who's co-founded more than 15 businesses in his career. He actively serves as the board member of several technology, health and fitness, and consumer goods startups, as well as several government technology and innovation brands in the Middle East and Eastern Europe. And in the last 10 years, he has made happiness his primary topic of research, diving deeply into literature and conversing on the topic with thousands of people in more than 100 countries. And his new book is called Solve for Happy. And he was faced with his biggest challenge a few years ago when he lost his son. And he talks about if the equation for happiness works even in the biggest tragedies that we may face. And what we cover today are what most unhappy people have in common and the easy way to fix this. Mo's happiness equation that works for every situation. You're going to learn this very quickly. Also, how to handle missed expectations, the difference between pain and suffering, and the six grand illusions that make us suffer, and how to get around them. This is a powerful episode. And again, it's solving something that so many of us are striving for on a daily basis, how to be happier. And a lot of people say that happiness is their definition of greatness. And if it's something that so many people are searching for, why is it so hard for us to have? and to create for ourselves. And Mo says that there's an equation, and that's what we're covering today. So without further ado, let's go ahead and dive into this with the one, the only, Mo Gaudet. I don't know about you, but when around 3 p.m. hits, I find myself craving the right refreshment to get me through that mid-afternoon slump. New Pure Leaf Zero Sugar Sweet Iced Tea is full-flavored sweet tea, but without the sugar and the calories. It might take several bottles for you to believe that a delicious sweet tea can really have zero sugar and zero calories. But you know what they say, life is full of surprises. Or in this case, full of flavor. New Pure Leaf Zero Sugar Sweet Iced Tea. Try it to believe it. For 20% off your next 12 pack head to amazon and use promo code 20 pure leaf that's promo code 20 p-u-r-e-l-e-a-f for 20 percent off take your business further with the smart and flexible american express business gold card you can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month like transit u.s restaurants and gas stations that's the powerful backing of american express 
four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu slash accreditation. All right, welcome back, everyone, to the School of Greatness podcast. We've got Mo Gaudet in the house. Good to see you, my man. My, my fellow handball player, which I just found out he did handball in Egypt, was on the Egyptian national team or in the pool for a little bit. And um, you've got a book out called Solve for Happy, which is Engineer Your Path to Joy. And I'm very excited about this one. Make sure you guys check it out. And you are solving happiness from an engineering standpoint, right? From not from like a spiritual yoga standpoint, but more kind of like a hacking happiness is what I'm understanding, right? I I don't use the word hacking. I I actually don't use the any of the brands at all. So okay. no, no meditation, no yep. uh, soul, no spirit, no body, no you know mindfulness. I I, I try not to use those uh, brands if you want, mm-hmm. because in an interesting way I feel that they've become a tiny bit diluted. Maybe a lot, mm-hmm. uh, as a matter of fact. I think I think we take something like mindfulness and we try to brand it in the modern way. Uh, you know, to try and, and tell people, okay, here is something that you can cut and, you know, fit within a specific, you know, view and do it every time. It's much deeper than that. And it's much bigger than that. So it, this is um, an, a logical view of happiness, if you want, and, uh, uh, you know, a, me- a methodology that is repeatable uh, and scalable, like an engineering model that resulted not, uh, of course, it borrowed from a lot of the ancient, uh, you know, studies of happiness of the you know, from the uh, from the uh, spirituality and sometimes from religions and so mm. on. It doesn't associate with them, but it borrowed a lot more from an engineering methodology to things, a proper definition of a problem statement, a proper algorithm and an equation for what you're trying mm. to solve for. And then from that, you can, you know, if you have an equation for happiness, you, you can start to see what's wrong. What, why is the What's machine? missing in the equation. Absolutely, right? Mm. And, and so a very, very deliberate analytical approach to the problem. I like it. Yeah, because there's lots of books out there on happiness right? that have, you know, kind of taken over the world by storm because I think so many people are suffering. Mm-hmm. Some people, so many people aren't fulfilled in their lives and in their work and in their relationships and their health and all these different areas, right? Absolutely. And why did you want to start on this journey? What was it in for you? Were you suffering? Did you go through some type oh, of experience? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, who, who doesn't? I, I, you know, I, I say I'm one of the modern day warriors, you know, like you and I, the people that go through the modern world and try to succeed and, you know, they start to acquire things and, mm-hmm. you know, get to a certain position or status in life and so on. And, you know, in my early years, uh, even though I'm Egyptian and, you know, educated in public schools and public universities in Egypt, I m- must be the luckiest person you will ever meet. Uh, you mm. know, somehow fortune always blessed me. And, and at a very young age, I was given so much. I mean, I was given almost everything that we always work a lifetime for, yeah. you know, money, cars, toys. I had an amazing family, a wonderful wife, uh, you know, two incredible kids. And the more I was given, the more I, unhappy I became. 
uh, which was the more you're given, the more unhappy you became. Absolutely. So, so you could, Why? you could, I, yeah, exactly. And and you really need to start asking yourself that, right? There is a point in time where you start, where you go through life and say, you know, when I get this or when I achieve that, or when I, or I'm recognized as as this, I will be happy, right? And isn't this the promise we've always been given, right? You you know, I don't know about your mother, but mm-hmm. my mother always told me, hey, work hard for a few years and then you know, study hard for a few more and then, you know, you will reach success. And at a point in time, when you've reached success, you're going to find happiness. And how often do you see that happening, right? Uh, We all go through life and, you know, you can see some of the most successful people out there swimming in money, recognized like, you know, uh, um, um, stars and miserable, Mm -hmm. right? And so, you know, in in a very interesting way, I realized that as an engineer, to me, that meant that, um, you know, this machine was doing well, right? This machine came out of the box and it worked well and it was happy. And then the more it engaged into the real world, the more it became unhappy. Something broke, almost as if either parts of the machine were not working mm-hmm. anymore or maybe... You know, maybe it's not in it's not it's not in a, in a proper environment anymore. Like you know, a sports car. I'm not a sports car by any means, but you know, imagine if I'm a sports car and I'm you know off road in the desert, I will get stuck, right? And so when you realize that, you say, okay. So as an engineer, you would say, let me unassemble this machine, see what mm-hmm. went wrong, okay? Let me understand which parts of this machine are not fit for the new environment, or what part of the new environment is drowning this those parts of the machine, and. Right put it back together in a way that works. Sure, sure. Wow. Um, so you work at something called Google X. And what is that? X is the, um, you know, is the, if you want, the innovation factory of Google. So, you know, one, well, of course, innovation happens everywhere in Google. Uh, but X is very well known for things that are outside the, the, the core, uh, you know, uh, part of Google. So things like self-driving cars uh-huh. or Project Loon that, you know, is aiming to uh, connect the whole world uh, through an internet uh, network of balloons and so on. Wow. Uh, and yeah, and it's different. I told you I was lucky. So, <laughs> uh, you know, I'm, you know, I, I, I ran the business side of that uh, for uh, the last three and a half years. And I'm now actually on sabbatical. So you're not there right now. I, yeah, I, I got the exceptional approval because Google is an incredible place to take a six-month sabbatical to focus on this wow. mission. Amazing. So, yeah, so what we, what we do in, in Google X is we, we launch what we call moonshots. Moonshots moon are um, attempts at solving major problems in the world uh, in a very unconventional way, right? So, so you know, we're, we're aiming not to have an incremental impact on the internet through Project Loon, but to completely revamp or reinvent the internet so that there is coverage everywhere there is air, right? That's a very different approach. It's almost looking at the internet as a human right, okay? Uh, and, and those moonshots, uh, they require that you do things very differently. And so when I spoke to, uh, you know, Astro, our CEO, and uh, Sergey and others in, in the organization, uh, I basically said, so I have a personal moonshot. And, and my personal moonshot is I have this repeatable model that I think would help the modern world find happiness. And happiness is an epidemic. Uh, yes. Billions of people are, uh, you know, even though I think humanity is it's at one of its best eras ever, uh, billions of people are unhappy. So, mm. so I'm focusing for six months entirely on trying to make 10 million people happy. Who are the people that are the most unhappy in the world? 
<laughs> I, I tend to believe the thinkers. Uh, the more we think uh, um, beyond the truth of life, the more unhappy we become. Uh, surprisingly, it's, um, you know, m most of the people that you will meet in your life here in L.A., have a, an okay life. I mean, very good life. I'm sorry to say that. Beverly Hills. Yeah, there, you, you, know. you were just telling me about your trip to Ghana. I mean, yeah. th this is what if you want to know how bad life can be. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, just just go and take a look. Uh, you know, yeah. as uh, you know, uh, Louis C.K. on one of his uh, of his stand-ups, uh, you know, he ba he basically says sometimes we don't have problems, so we invent stuff to be upset about. Right. <laughs> right. And, and he goes like, you know, there are parts of the world where uh, you you know our problem today is they're going to chop all our heads off, right? Mm. That's a real problem, yes. right? It's it's not as bad as you know having to choose a language on the ATM machine or that you know it's raining right. a little too much today. In New Absolutely, York, right? yeah. it's uh, and and so and so we you know we we look at life in very interesting ways. We think about life in a way, in my view, that that causes a lot of suffering, and and that's actually the core of of my model, right? Yeah. The core of my model is that if you really understand happiness, uh, you know, if you uh, let me take a step back. So 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 when I was searching for happiness, I was I was I was very unhappy, even though I was successful. Mm -hmm. And then as an engineer, I realized that okay, I would never find what I'm looking for unless I define it properly. Right, what happiness is? What happiness is, and what's the equation to happiness? Yeah. Right, yeah, and, and you'll be you'll be surprised. Uh, you know, most people don't know what it is for them. Absolutely, and they keep searching and searching, but they're not sure. They think maybe this will be it. This will be it. This will Absolutely. be it. But then it's like, oh, I got that, and I'm still not happy. Exactly, still not enough. Exactly, still not enough. And 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 so if you don't know what it is, how do you expect to find it? Mm. Right, is your happiness the next iPhone, or is your happiness, you know, a, a, a nice trip to you know with, with your partner? But you get that, and once you get it. You just, it's almost as if the goal has moved a little further. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, let me find the next thing and the next thing and the next thing, right? And mm. so I went, you know, I went reading for a while. I went on reading for a while. I couldn't find a, a common definition. We all know happiness is that wonderful feeling. Like, you know, I, I, you know I, I'm okay with this. I, I want to keep this, right? But what triggers that happiness? And so... I found a million definitions. You know, some people will say, ah, oh, when you meditate, you're happy. When my, my daughter smiles, I'm happy. When I'm having a good cup of coffee, I'm happy, right? It doesn't really matter what it is. There needs to be an algorithm. And so I did what, an, you know, an engineer would do. I started to uh, capture as many arbitrary data points as I could of instances when I felt happy. I asked people around me what instances made them happy. And I plotted that on a chart and I tried to find a, a line, an equation, uh, you know, a to fit a line that basically describes what happiness is. And, and my discovery was very straightforward, that you feel happy when the events of your life seem to be meeting your expectations of how life should behave, okay? Regardless of what your expectations are, how realistic or unrealistic they are, regardless of how generous or harsh, uh, you know, the events in your life are, if the events of your life meet your expectations, you're happy. If the events of your life miss your expectations, you're unhappy. It's as simple as that, right? Now, so have very low expectations. That's of course all achievers will come up and say, right? absolutely, I found the answer, right? <laughs> if I have low expectations, I'm happy, and I'm sorry to disappoint you. Yes, this will work. It's true. When yeah, I go to, absolutely. you know, we were just in Guatemala a couple of weeks ago building schools as well. But when I'm in Ghana or Guatemala, and the people that literally have nothing. They're living on the dirt with a little yeah. roof, you know, hut roof and no internet, no, 
toys and it's just like they have friends and they have the outdoor space to Absolutely. run around in. They're happy. Absolutely. They're not expecting something crazy to happen. Absolutely. They don't get a lot of money and then it's taken from them. They're yeah, just they, happy they, with what they have. They don't want the iPhone 7. And, no, you they know, don't need you it. Know, they don't care that, that much. They don't have the shoes. The they're just like, oh, there's a swimming pool. There's this. And, and of course, they, they're also blessed with the uh, concept of gratitude. So if yes. you give them a bowl of rice, they're like, whoa, mm -hmm. that's amazing. You know, even if the waiter is a tiny bit late, yeah, right? exactly. <laughs> that's fine. Yeah. They don't think through that. But but uh, but I also am a businessman, right? Mm -hmm. I'm as I say, I, I'm a I'm a modern day warrior who believes very strongly that we are all here for a reason, right? So so we're supposed to be here to make a difference to the world, right? If you have low expectations, yes, I guarantee you, you will be happy, okay? But you will med be mediocre in life, right? You, you won't create much. You you, you yeah, and you want you won't achieve that mission that you're here for. That, you know, there is something that you're supposed to deliver to humanity or to to being in general, right? And so I say, uh, you know, set realistic, even stretching expectations, okay? But the trick is, how do you behave when those expectations are missed? And, and that really is, is where, where the whole suffering cycle, be, you know, begins. So, you know, I, um, you know, I wanted to come here, uh, you know, and visit you. And so that's a six hours flight. That's my expectation, right? I was in New York, all right? right. Uh, if, I'm, if I'm an hour late on the runway, how do I react to that? Okay, should I should I set my expectations as a, as I walk to the airport that is going to be ten hours so that when I get there and in six I'm happy? No, I want it to be six. But what happens is when we when our expectations are missed, a cycle of what we call what I call incessant thinking, chatter, brain chatter happens in your head. Okay, that basically starts to make you feel lousy about life. Mm -hmm. Yet has no impact on the real world whatsoever, okay? So you would sit there in the aeroplane, maybe waiting on the runway and saying, oh my God, I'm never going to fly Delta again. You know, I'm, you know, I'm, flying is just killing me. It's never going to work for me. Oh, I should have chosen another time. Oh, you know, what will happen if I get there and, you know, I run, uh, I don't find taxis because it's too late. Right. Or, oh, you know, I'm, I'm, I planned for six hours. Now it's going to be seven. I'm going to feel hungry. I, I don't know whatever weird crap that comes into our heads. Right. right. And that goes over and over in our heads and, you, and has no impact whatsoever on the real world other than making you suffer. How smart is that? Not smart at all. Right? So, it's not the, so the issue is not how you set your expectations. The issue is how we handle uh, uh, missed expectations through life. That's one thing. The other thing is, I'm sorry to say, but often we are 20 minutes late taking off. And often we end up landing on time. Right? Right. So, 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 so the reality is, you know, you're, you're setting your expectations in a way... That, uh, that is realistic, but you're also not looking at the event in reality as it is. And, and this is where all of the unhappiness starts to, to, to come mm -hmm. in. So when did you start this journey of like wanting to find the equation? I, uh, I, I think it was 2001. Uh, I was a day trader at the time. The market was collapsing. I was making a ton of money. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, on top of my normal job as a director in a big consumer goods company and everything was fine. And somehow I was, uh, you know, every day that passed, I was unhappier. And, uh, you know, and so I, 
being a Middle Eastern, uh, mm-hmm. you know, therapy is not an option. Right? <laughs> macho men, yes. we, we, we have no issues, right? And so I had to secretively start to read myself out of the problem. Mm. Uh, I, I read everything I could get my hands on. I mean, I, ha- I, have, I had that habit my whole life where, you know how we go to the gym an hour a day? I yes. also went to the you know, brain gym an mm-hmm. hour a day. So the, fir- yeah, the first thing I did every day of my life was, was, reading. Know, was reading, right? And, and so I read, uh, you know, incessantly, if you want, about the topic of happiness. I read uh, almost for nine years on nothing else. I stopped reading on economics and finance and business and leadership and all of the stuff that makes us, makes us succeed in the world. Simply because hey, it doesn't seem that success in the world is leading me to where I need to be, okay? One of my favorite parts about my job is that I get the opportunity to travel a lot. And in fact, I'm recording this right now while I'm in Mexico. And actually, I was thinking about something that I wanted to share because I get a lot of questions from so many people about different side hustle ideas. So here's one for those of you out there that are on the go a lot like I am or traveling a lot. When you're staying in your Airbnb on your trips, have you ever thought about how you could be making extra money by hosting through Airbnb while your home is vacant? If you're interested in an extra stream of income, Airbnb hosting is an easy place to start and it's like giving your home some company while you're away your home might be worth more than you think find out how much at airbnb.com slash host When you get a new car or a new home, your first reaction might be to say things like, oh yeah, or I can't believe it, or booyah. But what you really want to say is the one thing that can get you the help you need. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm is there with the coverage you need for your car, your home, and even boats, motorcycles, RVs, and other things that matter to you. With a State Farm agent, you know someone is there to help you choose the coverage you need. With so many coverage options, it feels good knowing you can find what fits for you. And when you need ways to get help, State Farm gives you options there to in person or on the phone with your local agent or on statefarm.com where their award-winning app State Farm lets you do things your way. So when you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember to say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. When you want the best, you have to act quickly or someone else will get it instead. Like when you're trying to buy tickets for the best seat at your favorite team's big game or when you're hiring for your business and you want to find the most talented people for your open roles before the competition scoops them up. With ZipRecruiter, you can find qualified candidates fast. And right now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com greatness. ZipRecruiter's powerful matching technology takes center stage to identify top talent for your roles. Immediately after you post your job, ZipRecruiter's smart technology starts showing you qualified people for it. And I believe finding the right team member is one of the most important steps in setting up my company for success. We like to ensure our new hires will be a good fit before they're even on the team. So I am grateful that I have ZipRecruiter's help when we want to grow the team fast. Amp up your hiring performance with ZipRecruiter and find the best fast. See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address right now to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash greatness. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash greatness. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Um, and, uh, and, you know, I think what happened was um, I was being trained, if you want. Uh, so, so for um, a- around 2009, I became a lot more okay with life. You know, I'm, again, I'm, I'm a Middle Eastern. Mm-hmm. Post 9-11, I, I, come, I came to the U.S. once a month for many, many years. Mm. 
And so it would, you know, from Dubai to here, it would take 12, 14 hours and then four more hours in Homeland Security with a silly smile on my face. Nothing could dent my happiness. Okay. I was okay. And it seemed, uh, you know, you know, you, you win a deal, you lose a deal, you know, you, you, you know, your car gets scratched, your whatever spouses are a little upset today, ups and downs of life. And I would have that weird smile. Like, you know, nothing would, I somehow found a way to just go through uh, with a, a repeatable model that gets me back to happiness. And then, of course, in, in 2014, as I share in, in the book, uh, it was the ultimate test, if you want. So um, of the biggest gifts I've ever been given was my wonderful son, Ali. Ali was uh, not the usual child uh, at all. He, he, he rarely ever cried. Uh, he rarely ever frowned. I actually re don't recall Ali ever frowning in my face, believe it or not. Really? But, yeah, it's like a really... I, I remember uh, I remember vividly the one time we really disagreed and argued was when he was m making a choice on university uh, where, you know, that one argument, two and a half minutes later, I went back and apologized. You know, it was, he was that sweet. He was wow. so honest so wise that, you know, by age 18, I started to go to him all the time and ask for his advice. Right? Wow. Yeah, not my bosses, not my friends anymore. I, rem I, rem I recall vividly that I went to one of my friends at the time and I said, when I grow up, I want to be like Ali. I, you know, he was that wise. And Ali was my friend. We played video games together. We played music together. He was super funny. So, you know, we, we, we joked a lot together, watched a lot of comedy together, had all the uh, you know the 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 best of a relationship if you want and Ali uh, was a student in Northeastern University in 2014 uh, came uh, to visit us in Dubai uh, in July and you know unexpected actually so so he just picked up the phone a couple of weeks earlier and said hey guys I really really feel like I want to see you um, unfortunately as life sometimes doesn't go the way you want it to Ali was um, you know had a, an acute Belly, belly pain and and you know was diagnosed with an appendectomy which truly is the simplest operation on the face of planet earth appendix uh, okay. yeah appendix yeah. inflammation and 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 so you know the, the, the they basically put in an endoscopy and then blow a little bit of co2 and then cut it yeah. and, and just take it out it's literally a few minutes uh, operation unfortunately the surgeon punctured his uh, main blood vessel and exploded it with, with the CO2 that they... Oh. And, and then they made, uh, you know, five mistakes in a row uh, where, uh, um, you know, few maybe a few hours later, Ali was no longer with us. Mm. And uh, as you can imagine, you would have every reason on earth to literally collapse. I mean, no one would have blamed me if I, if I closed my door and cried that for the rest mm. of my life and decayed. No one would say that's wrong. Uh, you know, if you knew him, you would understand. But somehow we were okay. Somehow, I wouldn't say we were happy. Don't get me wrong. You, you know, there, there is a tremendous pain that comes with the loss of a child. Uh, you know, I wish that for nobody. I don't even wish it for my enemies, to be honest. I don't have enemies, and I'm luckily. But, you know, it's... It, it's, it's um, it is so painful, and it lasts. Um, yet, while the pain was there, there was no suffering. And there is a difference between them. So, so we were not angry at the world. We were not blaming ourselves for taking him to that hospital. We were not, you know, uh, uh, wondering if life will end, uh, if, you know, we should shoot the doctor. You know, we, we were peaceful, 
and calm, which by the way, truly is the definition of happiness. Just that peace and calm of, I'm okay with life as it is, okay? Hmm. And so, and so when, when my friend started to come over and see, uh, you know, to his memorial, his memorial had more than a thousand people show up, you know, and they would come in crying, we would hug them, we would tell them our view of life and, de- life and death, and we would tell them our view of happiness and what can be done in this situation, and they would smile and walk around laughing, telling stories of Ali. If you didn't know what was going on, you would show up and think that it was his birthday or something, <laughs> right? And so every one of my friends told me, you should write that down. Uh, you know, that's something that you absolutely should share. He, surprisingly, even though it was a total surprise for us to lose him, I think he knew he was going. Really? Yeah. There were so many signs. You know, he spoke to every one of his friends for like six weeks before about what happens to us when we die. And, you know, he started to talk to his sister about so many things related to death. But the, but the one thing that really stuck with me very strongly was that um, two days, literally two days before he left, we went out uh, for lunch, uh, you know, the whole family. And Ali sat there and he didn't talk much in general. And, you know, for that time, he spoke extensively uh, for f- maybe 40 minutes. Uh, he would look at each of us for 10 minutes, tell us how much he loved us, you know, how much he appreciated having us in his life, how much, you know impact we had on his life he made us feel amazing i you know and and then he would look at each of us and say i know this sounds weird coming from your son and all but you know an unsolicited but there is one thing i want you to do and from me he said well i'm very proud of all that you're doing you know to make the world a better place and google does make the world a better place but i want you to rely on your heart a little more don't ever stop working but try to work on things that have more heart in them. And so it seemed to be a perfect fit. When, when, you know, when he left, when all of that happened, I sat down, I started to write nonstop, Louis, nonstop. Four and a half months, I couldn't stop. And sometimes I, could, I felt that I wasn't the one writing, to be honest, uh, and until this came out. So, so this is for him, really. Uh, you know, the, the, whole, the whole journey, I think, is for him. Amazing. Wow. What do you think is the biggest lesson your son taught you? Ali had, <laughs> had I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a TED Talk kind of guy, right? I, you know, I, I dream of changing the world in a, in a you know, like a, a laptop for every child or we're going to mm. end hunger or we're going to end poverty. That was the way I thought about it. And Ali was almost, uh, he, he, he wanted to change the world. He always told me, Look, Papa, I'm, you know, I, I appreciate how passionate you are, but you can only change your little world. And, and sometimes your little world could be one person, mm. right? And if you change that one person, then the universe somehow will expand your responsibility. So they become two. And if you do well, then they'll become seven. And if you do well, they'll become a thousand and maybe 10 million, right? And to me, that completely flipped my approach to life, completely. It was no longer, you know, the big slideware approach to changing the world if you ask yeah. me yeah. Uh, uh, it, it was it was his way his way was anything that will ever cross my path will get my absolute passion absolute presence absolute attention and the best that i can do the best i can contribute and with that he was so loved he was so he actually made so much difference as a young man that he was just by making sure that every instance 
every single person that crossed his path got the best he could give. Mm. Wow. How did he become so wise? Must have how, been, how, must do have been we, how do we sometimes become so unwise, I think is the question. I, 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 I don't know the answer to that, to be honest. I think we, we're born with a default setting that is, um, that is fit for the world. And then we grow, we grow out of it is what happens. Okay, And I, Ali had a few experiences as a young child that made him not grow out of his um, nature, if you want. You know, he, he didn't associate very much with the concept of ego, of being accepted for something that he's not, for, for, fit, for pretending to fit in. And, you know, when you stay true to your, to your nature, I think we all have inside us a lot more than what we actually use. Mm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Wow. So what, how did the, uh, the equation, the test, the greatest test you had a few years ago, do you feel like you were able to use the equation? So it's much more than the equation. Of course, mm. of course, the, of course, you know, you, you know, you, you can apply the equation here and say events of life and expectations, right? Ali dies. Ali dies. Does that mean life has missed my expectations? And I know this will sound harsh, but you know what? You will die. Mm-hmm. And I will die. And everyone who's watching this will die. And it's not, it's not a defect in the game. It's the way the game is played. Right? Some of us will say, yeah, but I'm not ready to die yet. Okay? And some of us may be ready. Some of us, you know, if, if you're a video gamer like I am, you'd understand that if you're done with the level objective, if you collected the tools and the coins mm-hmm. that you need, you might as well move on. Yeah. Right. And and so is is Ali's death unexpected? Unfortunately, not. I I, I picked up the phone when Ali left, and I called my my brother, who's a, a very famous surgeon, and I said, Khaled, is this possible? Is this even you know? Does this even happen?" And he says, "Well, yeah. You know, it's a very very tiny probability, but because we do hundreds of millions of those operations every year, it does happen. It happens not in the tens." Not in the thousands, but in the tens of thousands of death a year. Mm. You know, if, 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 if um, um, medical malpractice is the third largest reason for death in the United States. Oh my goodness! We just and, and in in countries like Ghana or India or you know other places where malpractice litigation is not that uh, you know um, 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 widely applied, it's even worse. Mm. So, so does Ali's death? Miss expectations? No, it's harsh. It is very, very, very painful, right? But it doesn't miss expectations. Now, this should take us into... So, so, so the equation holds true. Now, you need to understand the difference between... Uh, you know, which what really helped me is to understand the difference between the pain and suffering. There are two human conditions. Mm-hmm. There is a condition that is, you know, either physical or, or, or emotional pain that's actually useful, that is, you know, and, I, and, and even if not useful, it's unavoidable. You, you cut your finger, okay? You will feel the pain. You will take your hand away and you, the pain will continue for a day or two because your brain is saying, don't hit anything with this. Don't put it under cold water or hot water or whatever. Just protect it, right? And, and even though you hate that feeling, it's so useful to keep you alive, right. okay? Emotional pain is the same. 
right? Emotional pain is, you know, if we're talking now and I say something rude to you, I get the emotional pain of like, whoops, I, you know, I feel bad about this and I say, say I'm sorry. It's good. It's not too bad, right? Uh, suffering, on the other hand, is when we take that emotional pain, is when we take the emotional pain and just start to apply it over and over, as if we are, we are generating pain on demand through thoughts in our incessant part of our brain, right? So, Ali died. There is nothing I can do to bring him back, okay? But I could adopt the thought of, you shouldn't have driven him to that hospital. You should have driven him to another hospital. Mm -hmm. You shouldn't have driven him to that hospital. I can, do, I can say that 14 million times. <laughs> yeah. Will it bring Ali back? No. It won't bring Ali back. Will it make any difference to the world? It won't make any difference to the real world. The only difference it will make is it will torture me. Yeah. Now You'll suffer. You'll suffer. Now, here is the interesting thing. You know, we've been talking for some time now, and you've instructed your brain to focus on the words I tell you, right? Did your brain say, no, 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 I'm just going to think about lunch? No. Right? Have yeah. you ever told your brain to raise your right arm and your, your brain said, and I don't feel like it today? <laughs> right. The brain says, yes, sir. Right arm it yeah. is. Right arm it is. We, your brain will always do what you instruct it to do other than that one instance of incessant thought where it will say, hey, you know what? I'm the boss. I know what I'm doing. I'm just going to kill us for a while. Why? Right? And I know, you know it sounds unfeeling almost. No, 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 no. The pain is there. The pain is going to last, but I won't let the suffering happen. So, so when, I, when I start to think about the loss of Ali, in, instead of, of saying, okay, you know, let me just torture me for another hour, you know, it's a good time to do that. I feel bad for myself. Feel or... bad for myself and feel like the victim. I say, no, you know what? I'm going to remember all the wonderful times we had together. I'm going to be super grateful for the fact that he came. I had 21 and a half amazing years with that boy, right? I was blessed with one of the best people I've ever met. Wow. So I can think about that, right? And more importantly, I reset. I say, okay, you know what, life? It seems that we're restarting a new level here and Ali is not in it and mm. there is nothing I can do to put him in it. So can I at least reset that level and do the best I can with it? Would this level be better with 10 million happy people? Would this level be better with 10 million people sending Ali a happy wish and hoping that he's happy wherever he is now? Would this level be better if he's looking down at me and saying, hey, I'm proud of you, Papa. Mm. And you're following your heart. And you're following your heart. It, it, it wouldn't bring him back. It wouldn't take away the pain, but it would make it a tiny bit better. I, and I think that's really, uh, I think, the, the, the deliberate approach to finding happiness. Yeah, and you're not going to, you know, I'm sure you have thoughts of him you know, a thousand every, times a day, right? Every hour of every day. And there's going to be pain in some of those thoughts. But if you just, you know, sit in the pain forever, you're not going to be productive or anything. You're not going to be useful to the world. Or for him. Or for, or for myself. Him. Exactly. Your family or anything else. So, and what I'm hearing you say is that, you know, the pain may stay around for a long time for people. When something bad happens or you're frustrated, you miss expectations, whether it be small or big. But we don't have to sit in it for a long time and suffer. But it, it may keep coming back, the pain. Yeah. But we don't need to sit in the suffering. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Now, the, the reason why we suffer, though, is so interesting. Again, if you think of the machine that has broke, right? What broke in the machine is really interesting. To engage in the, in the modern world, 
what we do is we learn to navigate certain concepts uh, in an effective way that makes us successful. But those concepts are no, not in any way relevant to what they really are. Okay? I call them illusions. So, so there are six grand illusions of the modern world that we think are something. We apply everything according to our thought of them. And it makes us successful, but it makes us constantly suffer. Right? If you start to bust those illusions, see things for what they really are, your happiness equation is going to be solved mm. correctly much more frequently than not. Right. What are those six things? So, so six, six grand illusions. You know, thought is an illusion. Uh, no, oh, let me define what an illusion is. An illusion is not something that doesn't exist. It's something that exists in a form that's different than what you think it exists in. Mm, right? okay. so, so thought is an illusion. You know, in, in, in the Western world, we say, I think, therefore I am. While the truth is, I am, therefore my brain thinks. Okay, and we can talk about that in detail right. if you want. Self is an illusion, and, and, and this, the illusion of self is multi-layers, you know, including layers that are so entrenched in us, like the layer of ego, right? That I, it's not only who I am, but who I appear to be to myself, and then who I want to appear to be to everyone else, and then my profile on LinkedIn, and my profile on Facebook, and right? Mm -hmm. There is all of those layers, masks, if you want, that we wear. But there is also the illusion of what I call entitlement, the illusion of our place in the world. That we somehow think that we are uh, worthy of the attention of the universe. And mm -hmm. again, we can talk about that. There is the illusion of knowledge, one of my favorite of all illusions, is that we actually think we know. Yeah, I'm just going to leave it at that. Believe it or not, we actually think we know. Of the entire universe and everything in it, we think that we know. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we actually think that what we know is accurate, even though every day of your life, what you knew was revisited. Right. Okay. Uh, there is the what people say is impossible becomes possible. Absolutely. Or, yeah. and, and, you know, when we, 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 you know, growing up, I was told that the tiniest uh, uh, subatomic particle is an electron. <laughs> Come on. Like, you know, it's like, <laughs> are you kidding me? That, 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 and, and they insisted when you asked them, never, no one ever admitted and said, no, no, no. The tiniest we could see is an electron. They said, no, it's the tiniest. It doesn't get smaller than that, right? Mm. Uh, and, and, and so many of those. And knowledge, uh, you know, truly is the, 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 the protector of all illusions, if you want, because mm -hmm. the illusion of knowledge is the protector of all illusions, because then you actually tend to believe that the others are true because it's what you know, right. okay? There is the illusion of time, my favorite of all of them. And mm. again, a topic that I've dedicated a ton of time for, uh, a ton of time for, because, you know, <laughs> because what ha you know, with time... Uh, we, we learn to be punctual, we learn to be effective, we learn to be productive, but time isn't. Nobody actually knows what time is. You know, we're measuring something, you know, and when the clock ticks, we respond, mm -hmm. but we have no idea what we're dealing with. And if you really know what you're dealing with, the illusion goes away, right? Uh, you know, there is the illusion of control, one of the biggest illusions of the modern day executive mm. like myself and the modern day professionals in general, that we actually think we can control things. I, you know, I had insurance policies on my life for Ali. I had, mm. you know, um, um, his tuition planned years in advance. I even started businesses for him to run when he graduates. Right. I didn't plan for that one. How much control do you have? Right. And as I always say, between black swans and butterfly effects, really, there is very little control. Everything yeah. you try to control goes out of control. And then there is the illusion of fear. The illusion of fear is probably one of the biggest ones in the modern world. Fear has the derivatives that hide beneath it that are 
you know, anxiety, worry, and all of the other things. Stress. About, stress else, yeah. and all of, all of those where it is a way of life uh, in the modern world. You mm. know, we worry about the future all the time, and that keeps us uh, unhappy. Now, you take those six illusions, factor them into your happiness equation, whichever other inputs you put into the happiness equation, you will get the wrong answer. Mm. There is absolutely no way you can get the right answer if you are seeing the world through an exaggerated eye of fear or through a controlling, a control freak's eye of like, I want to have everything under control. The other side of it is what I call the seven blind spots. So so if you look at the events side of the happiness equation, Mm -hmm. we think that events are missing our expectations, but that's because we don't see events for what they really are, right? Because there were seven features in our brains that allowed us to live and succeed as cavemen, mm-hmm. but those seven features turned into uh, uh, defects in the modern world. And so when you use them, you don't see the events for what they really are, and you end up in a place where, uh, again, your happiness equation breaks all the time. It's mm. fascinating. Range Rover Sport leads by example. Picture this. Assertive on-road performance meets commanding all-terrain capability. That's the third-generation Range Rover Sport, which is the most desirable, advanced, and dynamically capable one yet. This vehicle redefines sporting luxury, offering an instinctive drive with engaging on-road dynamics and effortless composure. Now available in sleek, new stealth pack, Carpathian gray exterior wrapped in satin protective film with black accents and black brake calipers. Inside the Range Rover Sport, advanced cabin technologies like active noise cancellation and cabin air purification offer new levels of comfort and refinement. And let's not forget about the award-winning Pivi Pro infotainment system. Enjoy a dynamic drive and total comfort with optional 22-way adjustable heated and ventilated electric memory front seats with massage function. Wow, that's like a spa day while on the go. Design your Range Rover Sport at LandRoverUSA.com. So listen, we all know life is full of yada yada, like those quote unquote free trials that somehow still charge your card for something or when companies have those sneaky gotchas hiding deep in the fine print. And I know you've dealt with yada yada before, like those bills that keep going up and up for no reason at all. Or when budget airlines promise a cheap fare, but then charge you for every little thing until you realize you're paying more than you would have somewhere else. And yes, it is possible to outsmart yada yada, like triple checking airline deals to make sure all you need is already included, but you don't take yada yada in life. So don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and nada yada yada. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide. Oh, I'm happy you like it. (laughs) (laughs) Now, is this all stuff you discovered through just the reading for 10 years or through, and what I also love about this book is you said you did a lot of crowdsourcing where you open sourced it. And you let people write their thoughts and their research and their feedback in, you know, online. Did this all, you know, where did all these, you know, six illusions come from? Was it just? So there, there is, um, you know, happiness is not a new technology, to be honest. This machine has been, uh, you know, going to maintenance since, you know, the very mm-hmm. early civilizations, yeah. right? Uh the, the 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 way it was maintained at the time was slightly different than what we can do today. So mm. you know, yoga or meditation works. It does work, right? It it keeps the the the, the machine in a in a in a good condition, right? 
and you can borrow so much of this. But the problem is it's not really always applicable in the modern world. Sometimes we cannot do this, uh, you know, like they used to do in the past. And some of us don't even understand it anymore. We've become so many, so much left-brainers in the world, mm. or at least we glorified the left-brain a little more. Right. So, so a lot of it is found in ancient, uh, you know, uh, uh, knowledge of happiness. But, but I think that the trick is, can you understand it from a point of view of, um, of the modern world? Of, of what you know? Of or, can you say, can you see can you say it in a language that appeals to people who are browsing Facebook, you know, right. twelve thousand times a day, right? right? And, and 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 so what I did, which I think was really really eye opening for me, is. When I wrote the first version of the book that was just seen by my agent and my publishers and so on, and then uh, they said, okay, we're just going to edit this through the normal process of editing. And I said, no, 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 let's do it like we do software. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so I, so I put it online and I invited 500 early readers to come and uh, literally walk into the document and edit the document online. It's amazing. Yeah. Which was inc an incredible experience. You have no idea. So people would walk in and say, I agree with this. I prefer if you say it that way. And then mm -hmm. others on the margin will say, hey, but you're missing a piece of research that shows otherwise. And there would be, you know, conversations that would sometimes be 20, 30, 50 comments long. And so at the end of that process, we ended up almost with a book that was written by the readers, right? And, you know, in almost in, written in the language of the readers. Mm -hmm. and, and so this is why so far... They can far, receive it in a, in a way that works for them. Absolutely. This is why so far it's not like the usual, you know, happiness book uh, that talks, you know, a bit of mysticism and a bit of, you know, very poetic language. It's really very eight-year-old, you know, kind of language. It's, right. th there are no big words. Simple. It's simple. Yeah, it's that's why I like it. You know? I, yeah, thank you. Make yeah. it easy for me to read. You know? Absolutely. <laughs> and, and it's to the point. It's, it's, not, an, it's not a quick read at all. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, you know, m most people will say, I go through the first three chapters quickly in one sitting. And then I, you know, I start to realize that even though it's easy to read, every now and then I go like, um, what did he just say? You know, and then you would have to stop and reflect and then find a little example in yourself. And then mostly, you know, you would do one chapter a day and say, I need to sleep on this. Okay. And, you know, I need to reflect on this. And it's, it's really engaging in that way because it's not, you know, I'm, you're doing a, a bit of the work as you're going through it. So it's, you know, mm -hmm. your, your final model is yours, right. uh, but it's, uh, but it's not the normal, you know, uh, meditate for 10 minutes and you'll be fine. Right, right, yeah. right. Well, when you have a moment of pain or suffering, where do you go to? Um, What's your approach to life to getting back to so so happiness? so 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 you have again it all goes to understanding. Uh, let's trace it right. You you have an emotion. Uh, uh, you know you you feel overwhelmed by an emotion. I'm like I'm a, I'm very sad because of something. Right. Mm -hmm. Many of us don't even recognize it you know when you go to your partner and you say hey what's wrong and you know she would say um nothing right and then and then you go like okay no, no but seriously what's wrong right and you know after a while somehow you start and, and by the way we too huh and she comes to me or whatever and i would say and i think it's just fine right no problem <laughs> but then you recognize an emotion you can trace that emotion back not to an event interestingly but to a thought so you know an Uber driver is, you know, rude to you today, okay? It's not the event that made you unhappy. It's what you thought about the event that made you unhappy. It's, you know, mm. people shouldn't be rude to me. Or 
uh, you know, uh, what will this world come to? Or do I really have to depend on this service where I have to be treated poorly or whatever, okay? And that thought, if you trace it, you will find that there are two, three types of thoughts. And that's really the most interesting bit of it. If you want to start to have brain control, like sci-fi brain control, right? You have that thought that is causing you pain is happening here in the midline areas of your brain. Mm. It's, you know, it's an incessant thought that, that, that is brain chatter that leads to no action whatsoever. But you have two other types of thoughts. You have what I call insightful thinking. This is when I ask, ask you to solve a problem. It's like, okay, driver was rude. What are we going to do about it? Once you have that, what are we going to do about it? You move the thought from the incessant part of your brain to your insightful part of the brain, which is both on the right-hand side, partly in the back where the processing happens, right. batch processing, if you want, and then partly on the front where the verbal conversion happens. Okay, Or you actually find an answer and then you start to engage and you start to say, okay, let me do something about it. Let me sit down and write an email to mm -hmm. or whatever, right? And when you're exper experien experiencing the real world, again, on the right-hand side of your brain is the, are the parts that are engaged. So once you, take, once you recognize the thought, once you recognize that there is no value to that thought and you start to move it to either a problem-solving approach or an experiential approach, the suffering goes away. When you're actually writing the email, if you've decided what you want to do, there are no emotions anymore. You're just into the action. When you're solving the problem, you know, you're not overwhelmed anymore. You're just trying to come to something. And so mostly when I do, what I do now is whenever I feel there is an overwhelming emotion or a painful, uh, you know, feeling coming to me, I start by asking, is it true, by the way, brain? Are you presenting me the whole truth? Mm -hmm. If it is, what can we do about it, right? right? If, I, if there is something I can do about it, uh, how can I do it, right? And if there is nothing, by the way, then there is that core Actually, one of the most important, uh, um, you know, um, concepts I present in the book, a concept that I call committed acceptance. Can I accept it? As I said, reset the world as it is now, accept it because I cannot change it, and then design a path forward mm -hmm. that makes the world slightly better from where it is now. Mm. I love it, man. This is great. Um, I want to make sure everyone gets this book, Solve for Happy, Engineer Your Path to Joy. Make sure you guys get this right now. You can get it. Online, on Amazon, Google Books, uh, Barnes & Noble. And do you have a website as well? I do, soulforhappy.com. And one thing that I would like people to do because I am a businessman is I have a counter. So I'm counting down from 10 million. Mm. If any of what you guys have heard today made you a little happier, go and click on the, click on the counter. Tell at soulforhappy.com. Yeah, so go to soulforhappy.com. The counter is prominent wow. in there. What are you at right now, do you know, of the time I'm of the recording? A, a couple of thousand below. Yeah. Okay. yeah so, um, you know, it's 10 million to go. Yeah, yeah, you just started. But you just started. You know what? Yeah, two thousand happy people. That's amazing. That's great. Yeah, who who would want anything more? I mean, ten million is better, but yeah, we're not going to wait there. Don't have an expectation though. Exactly, we shouldn't wait. We shouldn't. We shouldn't wait until we get there so that we're happy, right? I'm happy with two thousand. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're going to hit a lot more once this comes live. So I hope so. I appreciate that. Couple final questions for you. How were the pyramids built? Hi, uh, yeah, uh, you want my story? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do. Right, okay. Because so, I saw them when I was in Egypt last year. Yeah. And I watched all the documentaries and all the theories. Mm -hmm. And I'm just... L let's just let's just. You're from there. I want to know Egypt, how they're built. E Egyptians are really nice people, okay? Yeah. Some weird guy went and said, guys, I want you to work for the rest of your life until you die and carry stones. And they said, sure. Yeah, we'll that was just, it. Yeah, basically. That was it. Yeah, we'll die 
as long as you're happy. And you know, it was really that was weird. It. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, you, you want you want the science fiction of it? No, I, I mean, don't. I don't know that. But yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> how do they get them up? They're so heavy. They uh, they had to have some levers in or some they, of their they, they used right? yeah they used um, something to push cylinders them up. or you know yeah and to push them up you know but all the way up that high but but you see this I always present that when I talk about technology it's like you know imagine if you went to those people and said hey guys by the way I have a new technology stone in a paper bag right you just mix it with water just take it up there fifty pounds at a time and then mix it with water there and everyone will be very you know it will it will work it will make the same mm. stone it's called cement. Hallelujah! It's like yeah, we have a new technology. Sure. I, I I think we we uh, you know we sometimes take those kinds of technologies for granted, but mm -hmm. uh, yeah, but life you, uh, you know life has gone a very long way since that time, and somehow we're still not happy. What about uh, the mummies? We they don't they don't know how to recreate the that process, right? Uh, they uh, there are many mummies around the world, not only in really? in ancient Egypt. Yeah, but uh, th this specific process was. You know, it's lost, right? The, yeah, it the was, done, and it was done with a very specific objective, the, the very strong belief that you know we will actually live again, and you know mm. that we need to preserve certain parts of it, you know, in a certain way, and others in a different way. Right. It is fascinating once again when you think about that. That you know, seven thousand years ago, and they managed to do that. Crazy, not, right? Not not bad. You know, it's, it's unbelievable. Equivalent, equivalent to the internet of today. I think the ancient yeah. Egyptians were the most brilliant of all time. Current My, Egyptians are cool too. They're very cool. <laughs> the most brilliant though. Exactly. No, I loved Egypt. It was great. A um, couple final questions for you. This is a question called the three truths that I ask everyone. Mm -hmm. So if it's the last day for you, many years from now, you've impacted 10 million people and beyond to be happier, healthier. Um, but you only have three things left to say to the world. You have to write them down on a piece of paper. And this is mm -hmm. your message to the world. And this is all people remember you by in written form are your three truths what would you say are yours uh i think the number one is to say that we are here for a reason uh we need to find that reason number two is to say that surprisingly your purpose to find that reason is to be happy uh i have a very interesting theory that uh, you know, like, you know, if the, the, the tuning fork, when you tune your guitar and you mm -hmm. hit it and it will always play in the, you know, in the key of E or whatever, you and I are the same. Uh, each of us has something that is so uh, you, that, uh, you know, that is exactly your natural resonance. And the way to find it is to find whatever makes you happiest, okay? Unfortunately, as we go through the real world, they tell us, hey, by the way, but you can make m more money if you study business or if you work in Wall Street. But if it isn't your thing, you're, you know, you can be successful, but it would be, it would not be your thing. It would take a lot of effort, and you wouldn't be happy. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, I tell people, and I, I tell my, I told my kids, and I still tell Aya, my daughter, to absolutely find that E, find that resonance. Just write down your happy list. Find out whatever it is that makes you happiest. And yeah, I know life is tough and you have to go to work and you have to make ends meet. Fine, do all of that, right? But play the E, find out what it is and live your life's purpose. And yeah, the third is you'll be surprised. Uh, you know, if it's my very last day, I will just remind people that death is the opposite of birth. It's not the opposite of life. That if you, uh, if you think of life as a video game, uh, I'll just meet you on the next level.
that's what it's all going to be all about. So hopefully me and Ali sitting there yeah. having fun. Absolutely. Let's say there was, was a direct connection to Ali right now and he was listening, which I'm sure he is, but you only got to say one thing to him. What would you say? Profound. Pro, 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 um, bad words are allowed? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Damn you, Ali. Left too early, my son. Mm, yeah. uh, I don't think he left too early. It's just too early for me. Yeah, of course. I, w I, I would have definitely wanted one more hack. Yeah. 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 I'm sure you'll get it again. I hope so. Well, I want to take a moment to acknowledge you, Mo, for your, your courage to do all the work that you're doing after such an experience that you had. I mean, I, you know, I, I don't wish that on anyone ever, what you've gone through. And I'm so grateful that you've come through with such love and appreciation and gratitude to give to people as opposed to go into a cave and suffer. And uh, I think you have an incredible gift to inspire, educate, and teach others how to be happy when something tragic like this happens in their life and their own way. So I acknowledge you for taking this courage and going on a journey and inspiring so many people over these last few years. Thank you. Of course. Yeah. And thank you for helping me spread this word. And, you know, uh, the only way I can get there is through the help of you and of others. Course. Of course, man. This is great. It's going to help a lot of people. My final question is, what's your definition of greatness? It's to live your purpose. Uh, so, so in, in two words, we're, none of us is dealt the same hand. Uh, we're all, we're, e we're each dealt a very different hand mm -hmm. in the world. Mm -hmm. Some of us come with certain gifts and some of us come with other gifts and some of us are tall and some of us are short and some of us are, you know, uh, fast and some of us are slow. And, you know, while we have, uh, sort of, um, narrowed down the definition of greatness in the modern world to a few amazing examples. Uh, it's not that at all. Y your version of being great is what you're doing here. Mm -hmm. Another person's might be uh, to cook the best cookies, you know, to bake the best cookies on earth. And, mm -hmm. and finding that, that's true greatness. Mm. Well, thank you so much. So I appreciate Thanks it. Thanks for having me. Appreciate the Equation for Happiness. I hope it makes more sense for you now, and let me know what you think about it. LewisHouse.com slash 467. If you enjoyed this, share that link out with your friends, or go direct to the podcast app on iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud, and just tweet it out or post it on Facebook as well. If you know someone who is searching for more happiness, then send them this episode. Again, LewisHouse.com slash 467. Tag me at Lewis Howes and let me know what you think over on Twitter or your Instagram story and let me know. Let's start a conversation together because I want to see if this works for you as the way it has worked for so many other people. Also, make sure to check out the new book called Solve for Happy. I know you guys will enjoy it, so make sure to pick it up and let Mo know your thoughts. We've got some big episodes coming up. One of the biggest Latin pop stars in the world, Jay Balvin, is coming on next. Then we've got Apollo Ano one of the most decorated winter Olympians of all time. And we've got some incredible people coming up after that. So if this is your first time here, make sure to click the subscribe button on your podcast app so you never miss an episode or an interview with some of the most inspiring people in the world. I love you guys very much, and you know what time it is. It's time to go out there and do something great. 